let's just check in the box. Right. Like, yep. So, yep, keep my streak up. Okay, cool. Yep, not yeah. doing anything meaningful. Right. Man, the enemy uses that stuff. Like, you guys are gamers. Like, when they started doing, like, things like achievements or, like, PlayStation trophies oh, yeah. for Sony people. But, man, that turns into an addiction. Like, I got so addicted just to that sound of an achievement popping. Like I was playing I was, games. I, I played games I hated just to get the achievements. Yeah. Just to get the achievements. You don't just to get them. Yeah. yeah. Like I used to look up easy achievement unlocks for easy games. I did the whatever. same thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Just to get those five stupid achievements just by going into a level or yep. whatever. You know, just but, to rank up my gamer score or whatever it did. That old terrible King Kong the movie game from the Xbox 360 <laughs> played through that because like everybody everybody rented that game just to play it just to get an easy thousand points. It's crazy. Like when I look back at how many hours I put in days, weeks, months I put into just sitting in front of a TV playing video games just to chase a meaning meaningless number on a screen. I paid an extra four dollars per so four dollars times four so twelve dollars to get the Burger King games for the 360. Mm-hmm. Because yep. they had easy achievements on them to unlock. They were not fun at all. No, not even a little bit. And the graphics were not even close to being good. No. But it's literally just achievement hunting yeah. stuff. I'm a lot older than you guys. We started off on uh, Univision. I, which, I was talking about adult stuff. Like I well, had it in television and uh, Atari. and Yeah, but I gave it all up once I matured. And then we got, well, some of us don't. Yeah, I still play games. See, I gave you a little pun about about video games, but yet a man gets a pedicure, and all of a sudden you want to pull his man card. I played manly games. Oh, I uh, yeah, sounded like this. Some of those were manly. Games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm playing Barbie's Dream House. Yeah, exactly. But if they had I bet you, you would have. If exactly. they had achievements, exactly. you would have done that, that sucker yes. quick, fast, and in a hurry. I love. I love to say no. <laughs> I love to say <laughs> no. Yeah. All you got to do is hit download, and you get ten. Own like, <laughs> it. Got it. That's mine. Yeah. 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 The the receipts are there. You could look up my profile and see my past games. So I'm not. <laughs> I think I'm going to exit out of this conversation. <laughs> Here we go. See? Record Ministries podcast. You're listening to the B side. Let's get this record spinning. I'm boring old Carl with a C. Joined again by Twinkle Toes Mike. Here we go. Yeah, listen to the A side to see where that came from, folks. We don't call it the A side. It's the round table. You're getting confused, people. Well, I'm confused. So step on board, everybody. <laughs> the recently deposed narrator Ronnie's here. How? <laughs> and that voice is back. Schmike. Uh, How y'all doing? That was really good. Mike, don't, don't you have really a story good. to tell about pedicures? <laughs> I like pedicures. Yeah, that's oh, good enough for me. I like it. I enjoy it. It's one of the things my wife and I go do together. So exactly. I, that's good. I guess. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So, okay, move on. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be kind. Be kind. Do you have a spiritual connection with it? Is there something we can add as many You were kind to me about it. <laughs> 
I wanted to defend myself so bad, but you're right. Better together. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Got any stories, anybody? Oh, you were off a whole week, Mike. You should have like a whole reservoir of stuff to share. Oh my gosh. It's not to put you on the spot. Mm, I know, right? Uh, I don't think I got anything. No, I got something. There you go. Again, you have Toes Richardson. What do you got? You got to pull my man card, but I've recently joined at the YMCA water aerobics class. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm, I'm disabled due to a stroke. So movement and water for me is excellent. I get the exercise I need and it's good for my joints. So I'm thinking I'm still manly man. I'll go to this, I'll go to this water aerobic class. I'll get in the water. I've dropped 78 pounds. I should be good to go. So I get in there the first day. Pool full of 70, 80 year old women. I mean, this is my competition. Get out of the way. <laughs> okay. I'm ready to flashbacks to that story you told about being at the Walmart. But yeah, I don't know. She, she was probably there. <laughs> she probably was. But uh, I get in there and the instructor's name is Rita. And I'm pretty sure she was a drill sergeant at some point in her life. Because, <laughs> I mean, she, she, she's got it down. And they hand me these dumbbells made out of styrofoam with a bar in the middle. I'm thinking, you know, it weighed absolutely nothing. I'm, you know, over there pumping it, curling it. And then she says, no, we're going to put it under the water and we're going to do this. I picked up the biggest one they had. I had no idea. I should have got the one that had, you know, like styrofoam cups at the end, but I didn't. <laughs> so after about three minutes, and I'm, and I'm working hard here trying to get this thing to go, I start to sweat. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> in the water. <laughs> and these little old ladies are talking, giggling, da, 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 doing their thing. How's your garden? You know, whatever. I'm over there. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just kicking my butt, you know? Mm. So and the one lady says, it's so good to have a man here. I'm going to go home and tell my husband to come. I said, you do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll hand him in the big weights. <laughs> yeah. I'll help him out. So I went back for my second dose today because that was a Friday or Wednesday, whatever it was. But I came prepared. But this time they introduced... Floaties? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they introduced a bar that was like a curl bar, but it was made of the same material. So Mike being smart, I'm scanning all these things before they even get to use them because I'm going to knock some little lady over to get the smallest one I can find. <laughs> I'm not going through a repeat, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they're all the same. I'm like, okay, well... So I grabbed this bar and they start deciding to, to row mm -hmm. in the water. But at first it was no big deal. Then they changed sides and went to the left side. Now I'm in trouble. That's my weak side. Again, little old laces comes over and says, are you doing okay? I'm fine. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> but that's my story. Mm -hmm. Again, whooped up on by some elderly old lady oh, who, yeah. who got out of the pool, walked worse than I did, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, remember that because that's actually a perfect, uh, it's a pretty perfect metaphor for the one of the scripture references we're going to look at. I planned it that way. Did you? It's not a chance. I didn't think you did. I didn't think you did. I was going to let you have it though. He's like, I didn't uh, tell you I what appreciate scripture that. was. <laughs> I learned something new today. And forewarning, this has nothing to do with our Bible discussion, not even a little bit. I don't even know how to make like a meaningful spiritual connection to this, but I got to share it anyway. So my wife's German, and that's why this was so impactful to me. Um, 
Uh, I'm sorry, I uh, blanked out. I'm getting flashbacks. Anyway, oh. Oh. sorry. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> She's German. Uh, you know, I don't, need to, I don't need to clarify that. In medieval Germany, they actually, and this is verified, like I verified this. It wasn't just on a meme or something like that. In medieval Germany, they actually had marital judicial duels. So if you had like an irreconcilable difference between you and your spouse, they'd give you like two months. They'd plan this out. And if you hadn't reconciled and made peace within that two months, they dug like this, this pit about waist deep for the guy to stand in. And he had one hand tied behind his back. And the other hand, he could have a weapon of choice, like a, a dagger or a sword or a club or something. And the wife would have free movement around the pit and she could have a weapon of choice and they would duel to the death. <laughs> That's how medieval Germans wow. dealt with marital differences. I'm trying to figure out how they they continued the German descendants. <laughs> I mean, because oh, I could man, just imagine man. a lot of guys getting killed. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know. I went the other way. I was thinking, well, what would I use? Yeah. <laughs> thinking of my wife's weaknesses. How could I use this? <laughs> yeah. So I went completely Not with her way. up and not, with, not down in a pit. And, and, oh. no, it's, no. a, it's amazing, like, the lengths that we'll go to. I've uh, watched Star Wars. <laughs> they have the high ground. Yeah. Yeah. I was blown away by that, that that was actually a real thing. Like yeah, evidently yeah. in like the, I think the 14th or 16th century, they've, they've had like uh there, there were jousting manuals that they found that actually depicted this with the guy standing in a pit with wow. arm, rest- arm restricted and like fighting the wife. Oh my gosh. And I'll be honest. I was telling, I was telling Steph about this today after what okay. why i don't know i don't know <laughs> well, I suppose that pit i saw in the backyard of his house <laughs> yeah. guys it almost led to something we almost got real i'm gonna be honest yeah. I, I told this story because i found out about it because like i had dropped my littlest daughter not my littlest my middle child off to vbs today and, and that's a totally side side <laughs> rabbit chase that i was supposed to help didn't know they needed me left and so i went to lunch there's this new, <laughs> you don't need me lunch. Uh, yeah, there's a new sushi place in town. I've oh, been wanting to try it out. So yeah, I had yeah. an excuse. So I went best sushi roll I've ever had in my entire life. Stop shaking your head over there, Mike. You have no idea. It was so good. It You're was welcome. cooked. It was smoked salmon. Mm. Not welcome. all sushi is raw. What's that? You're welcome. Yeah. It was you amazing. guys want to so pull good. my man card? I eat beef. Yeah. <laughs> What's for dinner? Jesus ate fish. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. There There's the Trump card. That, that, wouldn't that, take long. that, that, would, be, that yourself. would be considered a Jesus juke. Yes. By the way. Thank you. Cut you right off at the knees on that one. Though. Yeah. Anyway, you told Steph. Oh, yes. I told Steph because it was in the context of me going. I mentioned that, you know, you know, after I went and got lunch at, at Hoshi and she's like, you went without me. Nope. I'm like, you don't want to go. Like yesterday, like we tried to go as close. We went to the Mexican place like you wanted to. Like, I, like, like I figured, I figured if I didn't go on my own, I wouldn't get a chance to go. Oh my goodness. She threw so much at it. I'm like, Steph, if this was Germany, I'm telling you, we might be bringing this back. You're pushing it. You're pushing it. I don't know if you should bring that to your wife. That's her, that's her descendants. That's, the- and that's what scares me a little bit. I'm here. It's like it's in her blood. Yeah. yeah it's in her blood. She kickboxes. Oh, she God, does. Yeah. She, she Guys, whoop, you're making, she whoop you in a pit, man. No joke. You're making me uh, she is like, second, second, second guess. Like, she wouldn't even have to reach to hit you in the head there. It's got a long joust. She wouldn't need oh. to choose weapons. Her legs would be the weapons. No joke. I think I made a horrible mistake, guys. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I messed up we're terribly. Gonna, we're going to have to be checking in on Carl Extra this week. <laughs> I might need a place to stay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no joke. My mom called in the middle of this. I shouldn't be sharing all this stuff, but I don't even care. My mom called in the middle of this and, like, <laughs> and I answered. She's like, how are you doing? I was like, oh, getting ready to have a divorce. How are you doing? And she was like, seriously? And I was like, no, I'm just joking. And she's like, oh, I was going to say, you know, if, if Steph needs a place to stay, she can stay with us. I don't know what you're going to do. You, so mom yeah. drove you over, huh? Not yeah. you, right? Yeah. 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 And I don't think she was joking. <laughs> right. You know, when somebody says something, they laugh. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. But you can tell. Right. You're not playing, are you? It was like, You're serious. <laughs> Yeah, exactly yeah. right. No, we go to pick my mom up for church yesterday, you know, for Father's Day. And uh, she brings brings a bag out. And my wife goes, um, I don't think your mom realizes that bag's pink. I said, this is one of those. Tell me that my mom loves you more than she loves me without telling me. <laughs> and a gift was for my wife. <laughs> it was like, really? Hilarious. Really? <laughs> I got to so, ask what was in the bag, though. It was shoes for my wife. Well, that's a nice gift. Yeah, for my wife. <laughs> well, her birthday and Mother's Day was in May. Is there is there any German in Tish's background? No. I was going to suggest that. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was just like, really, mom? Thanks. See, that was Thanks. that was where my heart went. Like, I'm like, we went to Mexican yesterday on Father's Day because you wanted queso. Yeah. And I, I really. I relented. <laughs> I wanted some Hoshi today. I up besides my I wanted some day, sushi. That is oh, <laughs> so when this goes live and Steph listens to this, I, I might need a place to stay from one of you okay. guys. So right. keep, well, if you want to sleep with a big couch. dog, I, I got a big dog. I can move him out of the way. And yeah. He'd probably cuddle you all night right up your, right up your alley. Okay. I'll just stay at your place. No, you Mike, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be in a cuddling mood that night. I don't think. Yeah. Well, he's like, if I'm at home, I'm not cuddling. <laughs> I'm not going to leave a brother out in the cold. I mean, he's a big dog. Keep you warm, man. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a perfect segue into one of the verses I wanted to look at. Last week, we talked about the two greatest commandments. Love God, love people. Right. Yep. I wanted to look at a couple of references that kind of uh, really, uh, I guess, unpack what that should look like, or what that should mean. First one I want to look at is Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Give you a second, open your app. One more time. Do, 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 I do it. 1426. <laughs> Where's my $1,000? Did you feel it coming? Hey, I got the Luke part. Give me a break. <laughs> okay. And I'm reading the NASB version, and it says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. There's no ulterior motive in me reading that out loud yeah. for, for anybody that might be listening to this certain somebody. Seriously. How do you guys take that verse? Because it's kind of controversial. Right. I, I've seen a lot it of people is. get get really hung up on this verse and kind of tripped up by it. Yeah. Well, me, I know initially the first time I had heard it, read it, whatever, was, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I have to wait. I have to hate everybody, but I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that totally contradicts my view of, of, of Jesus. And you know, and so I do. Yeah. And the English, like the, the way we read that, it sounds, it sounds off. Yeah. Right. It sounds off. You look at me. Yeah. <laughs> how did I take it before? Or how do I take it now? Either. Now I think it's more like you have to put, everything aside and Jesus and God first. 
So not necessarily hate, but is secondary to. Mm-hmm. This is this is Jesus really strongly reemphasizing what I kind of will be unpacked last week when he gives the two greatest commandments. They're not equal. It's not in order of command. I think too often we take that as love God, love neighbor, like it's a, it's, it's order in a list. Yes, mm-hmm. that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is love God way up here. Secondary to that, after you get loving God right, then you can love your neighbor right. Mm-hmm. And that's really what he's saying here. The Greek there, and this is this is why I wanted to bring this up, is because this this highlights why it's really important to dig. I don't have some special insight or special intellect or special understanding. I just seek and dig. Anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Anybody can seek and dig if you just take the time to do it. I'm not special. Well, the word, yeah. I think you don't blow my head up. Seriously, there's nothing special about my insight. There's really not. I just take the time to look into it. The word that we translate hate there in the English, we think of hate as despising somebody. That's how we understand hate because that's how it's always meant in English. It always conveys that meaning. Mm -hmm. It's really not a good translation. In the Greek, it's meseo, and it doesn't mean hate in the traditional sense. What it means is love by comparison. What he is a comparative love. What he's saying is, if your love for me doesn't far supersede in every circumstance your love for everybody and everything in your life, then you can't be my disciple. What he's saying is, in every circumstance, you've got to put me first. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter who it is, you cannot you cannot turn away from me for your father's sake, for your mother's sake, for your children's sake, for your wife's sake, for the for your life's sake. I have to be first in absolutely everything. He's, he, in other words, he's not saying to love your family less. He's saying to always love him more. Yeah. That's what that word really actually means. Yeah. It doesn't mean hate the way we think of. Well, and that was something that I had struggled with um, before I was truly walking with Christ was um, my, my wife was my everything. And now it's, she's my everything here on earth. And it, it's different. And I had basically made an idol of her. Yes. I mean, honestly, and she knows this, we've, we've had this discussion, um, to where when I, when I came to the realization through being preached to and not at, I could understand finally the love of Christ for me and how, what he's requiring of me. And that had to subjugate how I loved my wife because I had to give him the same love he gave me. And you can't, do that if you have somebody already in that spot. Absolutely right. You know. Yep. And um, and I'll be honest, that was that was hard for me. It really was because up until that point, she was everything. She was the one in in my mind because I unfortunately hadn't opened my eyes to it that had loved me. The only one so far that had loved me unconditionally, and you know, to gain absolutely nothing for no other reason than just that's how she felt about me. So to do that um, was to me, the very least that I could do for her was to love her that way and give her all that I had. Um, Not realizing that this is the whole reason I had her, the whole reason that she was blessed to me by God was because he wanted me, he needed me to be able to love somebody that much to see this is how I needed to love him. Right. Um, so that was a process for me, which I'm not proud of. I'm proud of the fact that I love my wife. Don't get me wrong. And everybody knows that. But um, to to be able to admit that 
she was an idol is is very difficult. It's hard, you know. It, it really is. It's very hard. I've done the same thing. <clears throat> and like this verse is pretty striking too, because before he goes and asks someone to follow him, and they're like, "No, hang on a second. Can I go take care of my dead parent?" Mm-hmm. That this is Ronnie digging into it might not even been dead yet. Right. Right. Like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know, but there was no signs or no saying that they were passed. Mm -hmm. And Jesus being Jesus, right? Like he knows. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, you got to follow me. Yeah. And then they're like, ah, time out. Can we hit the pause button for a second? I need to go get cleaned up first before I came back, essentially. Right. And that's kind of the same thing here, only it's more brash and to the point. Yeah, he's being very blunt. Because if you look at the context here, the previous verse, it says that the the large crowds were following him. So it's it's there's this large crowd that's that's chasing after him, and then he turns and he says that to him. Mm-hmm. So he's like, look, you know, if if you're, I think essentially what he's saying, this is me talking, right? But I think he's saying if you're just chasing me for the things, if you're just chasing me for the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the cool stories you can tell, you're chasing me for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, yeah. If if you're not going to follow me unashamedly. Like that carrier cross paradigm. I know that hadn't happened yet, but you know, if if you're not willing to give up everything for me from now to the day you die, you might as well turn around now. Right. That's. I mean, that's the harsh truth yeah. of what he's saying because that's what it means to follow Jesus. Right. And can you imagine the the uh, spreading of people when he says it? When he starts. Well, it just depends, right? It, you know. Yeah. Like I. So like. I think of this. This is me. Totally me. Opinion. Right. Would. Jesus would be the equivalent of a rock star in a mm-hmm. crowd mm-hmm. today, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, a controversial rock star, yeah, to say the least, right? Because he's being rebellious of everything, but doing it politely sometimes. Here, he turns around and addresses them brashly to the point. Do you really think that that made it 3000 down to 200. Some of them were like, Oh, okay. Yes, we can do that. So I don't know if like that even dwindled any of the crowds Mm -hmm. to be fair. Yeah, it's possible. I do think that's why he goes straight into the the attention seeking though. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I do think that's why he goes straight into the next parable when he starts talking about counting the cost. Correct. Because he explains what this means. It's like, you know, this isn't just a catchy phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, there is a cost, right? Like, you know, we, we always, you know, and it's not wrong to, but yet Jesus purchased us. He pays the redemption price, but there's still a price to pay for us. If we're going to follow him, there is a price to pay, not for our redemption, mm-hmm. but for following him. Mm-hmm. Right. right. The, the, the act of like giving your whole life to him and committing yourself to him. We have to pay something. Mm-hmm. There's a cost involved. And he's saying, you better be aware that there is a cost here. Otherwise you're going to shrink back. Yeah. You, you've yeah. got to be you've got to be very keenly aware of you that. You just get the ticket to the ferry boat and just sit there on the ferry boat while right. the driver takes your well, through. Yeah, because like yeah. even you're talking about like the first disciples when it was it wasn't just throw down your nets and follow me. 
you're talking about their livelihood, their livelihood everything. Yeah. And, and again, m- m- probably multiple generations of this is what dad did. This is what grandpa did. This is, you know, all of this to be like, this is all we've ever known. And now just drop it and go. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're like, whoo. I know it reminds me of that story. Ronnie told about the guy who quit his job. He went all in for ministry and had no idea what he was going to do. Yeah. That's more or less what he's asking you to do. Yeah. I don't remember the fellow's name, but that story stuck with me, Ronnie. I mean, I thought, wow. He's going to be one of the speakers. Him and his wife's going to be the speaker at the conference. Oh, cool. That's good to hear. Yeah. I didn't even put that together. (laughs) I knew he did that, but I hadn't even put that together that after he does that. And it's, yeah, that's awesome. Right. Because he's... I mean, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago and he still didn't have a clear cut what he's supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? But and I talked it, to him recently. Yeah. Last night, as of this recording. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him go. <laughs> Time stamping all over the place. Look at him. Breaking Mr. his rules. It's June 19th today. It's June 19th today. And when I texted them to ask them to pray about it and think about it, I know he's an avid hunter. That's opening deer season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that's a big deal for him. Right. So yeah. that's a big deal. Like, like he said the other night when I was talking to him about it, it's like he would already put in vacation from Wednesday mm-hmm. through that whole next week. Yep. And now that he does not, he doesn't have that job. Like, that's what he had on his calendar. Right. Because that's what's always on his so calendar. So in, in mm-hmm. part of his mind, I'm betting he's thinking, well, okay, I, I, I gave notice, so I don't have this. I'm waiting for what God's going to tell me. So I'm, I'm sure he's thought about that to say, well, now I don't have to worry about this. But then this comes up and he, he you know, then he we knows. throw a wrinkle into his yeah, You know, he knows that time period, like nobody's business mm-hmm. and didn't hesitate. There wasn't a hesitation of, oh, there wasn't, you know what I mean? So I mean, that's like, pretty incredible, that story in itself. And then and pair it with this, uh, these verses here. That's the example right there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. You've got to be willing to give up what you want. You've got to be willing to give up what other people want for you, mm-hmm. for him. Yep. And keeping your eyes focused on him. That's a tough one, Carl, because I'm sitting there thinking, man, I love my wife. I love my wife. Yep. I love my kids. Well, and here's the thing, you know, I, 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 I'm speechless because I, my loyalty is my family. Well, and that's why we have to understand what he's really saying there. And that's why I wanted to dig into that Greek, because what he's not saying is abandon biblical laws relating to adultery or covenant or, or, or marriage, marriage fidelity. And, or the expectations placed upon a husband for his wife or a wife with her husband. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is don't let the people in your life draw you away from me. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Yep. Always, oh, always, <laughs> you, you, you've always got to gravitate toward him. Yes, I agree. And live a life that pulls the people around you toward him with you. That, that should be the goal, right? You can't let yourself be magnetized away from him. And if you start to love others more than him, that's exactly what you'll do. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you'll start you'll start deviating away from the path that he has for you. Maybe not wildly. Mm-hmm. It, may, it may be subtle at first. They may be believers. Right. But if you're following people and not God, 
you'll always gravitate at least by degrees away. And it's like Micah has said before, it may start, it may start where it's just this, this subtle shift away where you're only like a couple feet away from the path he had for you, but give it a couple miles and then you're quite a long stretch away from where he had for right. you. Over time, it really pulls you away quite drastically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know a gentleman used to come to a small group and, and everything that um, had battled addiction, been in out of jail, stuff like that. And when, when he got right with God in his life and had was really starting to follow and stuff, he came to the realization that he had to cut out people that were toxic in his life and toxic for his walk. And so he had some hard conversations with different people. And one of the conversations he had with me was he thought that he needed to cut his mom out. So you think about that, Mm. you know, I mean, the woman who literally brought you into this world and in having the talks and stuff, because not only was she an enabler, but she was also going through addiction and also trying to pull him back in. Yeah. Wow. And he made that decision and did it, which was, uh, yeah. I, I'm the same with you. Nobody can see, but you know, Mike was shaking his head. No, I, I can't imagine doing that either. And, but again, that's the exact example that Carl's given. If, if that's your wife, if that's your kids, if that's, you know, your best friend ever and stuff like that, then you have to cut those ties. Otherwise you're just giving lip service. You know, I mean, you're not, you're not following the path that he wants you. We have to follow him first. And that's just the ultimate, I mean, the ultimate thing is following him first and, and pardon the language, but you know, to hell with the consequences really. No, absolutely. Right. And that was always yeah. the heart of the commandments. The, yeah. Like the, the, the law with the, the intention of the law was always to direct us to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, the fifth commandment is honor thy, thy, thy father and thy mother. But the, the the expectation there is that your father and your mother are not godless. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you, you know, you you can't be so focused on honoring thy father, they fa- thy father and thy mother, that you're ignoring the first and second commandments, which is keep the Lord your God first and don't have idols. Mm-hmm. If if your father and your mother are pulling you away from the first two commandments, then you gravitate toward the first two. Yeah. Because that's paramount. Your relationship with the 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 eternal father is always paramount. Yeah. That's not, you know, like, so that person, what I'm trying to say, that person cutting their parent off isn't in defiance of that commandment. Right. It's, it's just a, it's, it's a sad necessity in getting himself closer to God where he right. needed to be all along. And hopefully the mother will see that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And right. see that light shine and gravitate in that direction too. Yeah. And that's, like I say, that's what Jesus is saying here. I actually wasn't going to read this. The other, the other reference we were going to look at, um, the primary one that I originally wanted to look at was Galatians chapter six, verses two through five. I wasn't going to read verse one, but I think I'm going to, because I think it's fitting, I think it's fitting for what we just talked about there. Verse one says, brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you are, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. I think that part's really, really important for what we just talked about, about not allowing anybody in our life, no matter how much we love them, to pull us away from God. What he's saying is if you see somebody caught in a sin trespass, mm-hmm. um, you should have a heart of love to try to, to help pull them out of that trespass, but don't let yourself be tempted and, and 
and swept away with them, right? Even if it's your own mother mm-hmm. or father or wife or children, you, you, your goal should be to pull them out of their trespass, to pull them out of their backsliding, but you can't put yourself in a position where you're being pulled into backsliding with them. And that's what that person, like you, you mentioned, that's exactly what they were doing. They were guarding right. themselves. Yeah. They had to consider themselves in their relationship with the father first, with Jesus first. You have to, right. You have to be a little bit selfish with your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Selfish in a good way. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and again, I mean, e- even though I know at, at point he, he realized the things that his mom was doing, it's still one of the people that no matter what is supposed to be there for you, no matter what you know, protect you, all of these things for no other reason than that's what she was created for. Mm-hmm. And to see, you know, to come to the realization that you can't do that. I, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine the, the discord in your heart and the, you know, the trauma that it would cause psychologically or anything. And it was just crazy to me. Yeah. But the next set of verses I'm actually going to read in the King James Version. Um, there's a reason I'm going to do this because it's the more traditional translation. And I think it's actually created a little bit of a, of a misunderstanding in the text here. Because it looks like in the English, Paul's being contradictory. And when you dig in, he's not. But I want to read this anyway. It says, bear ye one another's burdens. This is, I'm sorry, this is verses 2 through 5. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Just pausing there, we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks, I think, off and on, what he really means there to fulfill the law of Christ. I think this is one of the centerpiece verses, or the central verses in Galatians that that causes a lot of mishandling of this letter. Um, This letter is treated almost like a lawless letter, and it's really, when you dig into it, it's not. But we'll get into that later. That's not my focus today. Okay, verse 3, for if a man thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Where we get tripped up there is it says, bear ye one another's burdens. So fulfill the law of Christ. And then right down here in verse 5, he says, every man shall bear his own burden. So which is it? (laughs) Which is it, Paul? Are we we bearing one another's burdens or can can, can we, our burdens our own? We can't can't even help each other with them. That's what it looks like he's saying there. Have any of you guys ever dug into this? I think you have, haven't you, Ronnie? I have a little bit. What did you arrive at when you did? What's your understanding of it? I think it fits very well with our roundtable this week, actually. I think so, too. It's like, bear one another's burdens is the better together part of it, right? But also, you lay in the bed that you make. So you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You can't just get out of jail free card and walk around and do lawless stuff and expect no consequences with it. Absolutely right. Actually, that's that's probably why it was important we read verse one because of the con- that establishes context of pulling people out of trespass. I don't think that's all of what he's talking about, but that's part of what he's yeah, talking about right. at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, for once, I actually like this uh, version better than the ESV because I had reread the ESV version. And then Carl read this. And I was like, that really says it a lot better than the ESV version does. Well, the ESV says test his own work. Mm-hmm. In verse four. Yeah. Yes. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone 
and not in his neighbor. Yeah, I think let's 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 unpack that verse first because I think it's important in understanding um, verses two and five together. Um, the NASB says, "But each one must examine his own work." I think test is probably a better. I think it better conveys the meaning there. The word work, I think, is what's really important there. The word work there in Greek is ergon, and it means a task, but it's like an action assigned to a single individual. Mm -hmm. It's very focused on the individual. So what he's focused there, the shift, the, the I'm sorry, the focus shifts in verse four to what only you can do. Mm -hmm. I can like for like, I can't walk your walk for you, Ronnie. Right. I can come alongside you and help you but I can't obey for you. Mm -hmm. I can't fulfill the calling God's laid on your heart for you. I can't not cheat on your wife for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there, there are things that I can't do for you. Those are things that you have to do. I can help you. Mm -hmm. I can counsel you. I can be a brother for you. I can, I can, I can rebuke you when necessary. You know what I mean? I can, I can pull you out of those trespasses as best I can, but I can't do it for you. Right. Mm -hmm. That's very much the focus there. It's not just work generally. It's work right. that only you can do. Right. Yeah. So then you yeah, have reason to boast in yourself. Exactly. And your friend yeah. doesn't need to boast for you. Right. Like mm -hmm. you'll have your own rejoice. Yeah. And I think that also speaks to the two between the two and five where people would say it contradicts, but not because again, like we talked about um on the round table with the having community to help you through something is different than the nobody's fighting it all for you. You know what I mean? Right. You have to fight and you have to do your side. If, right. if you have, even if you have community, you're not like, yes. Oh, here, I'm just going to give it to you guys. You guys handle it. Right. You, you got to walk your walk. You got to fight your fight. Yeah. Yeah. We all get on that tugboat to go to Alcatraz to get somebody who's isolated. They have to come out of the building right to the dock yeah they gotta mm -hmm. have skin in the game i mean it's because ultimately you know, it's going to be their work that right? gets it done because even if we did go onto the dock into the building drag them onto the tugboat take them back across it's not their idea right <laughs> yeah so chances are pretty high that they're gonna go right back they're gonna go right back mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of like parenting yeah. right like you give kids options and want, but both are your way, mm -hmm. right? So there is no wrong option mm -hmm. parent wise, but then they have a sense of freedom that they can choose which way, even yeah. though ultimately the end goal is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have to perform their task. Yeah. Uh, that's why verse four is so important. They they have to perform their task. Yep. At some point, they have to they have to agree. It's it's awesome that you brought that up. You'll see when when we get to the end. Um, before I unpack verses two and five, let's let's go ahead and take our break. Um, this week we're going to play our featured song, which is well, we always play our featured song, not just this week. <laughs> this week's featured song will be "Dear Hate" by Exodus Road Band. Uh, be sure and stick around, and we'll we'll close out our conversation on the other side. Pain. I'm afraid 
that we just might drown Dear Hate Well you sure are colorblind Your kiss is the cruelest kind You could poison any mind Just look at mine Don't know how this world keeps spinning Like a snake in the grass I see you in the morning Staring through the looking glass You whisper down through history And echo through these halls But I hate to tell you Love's gonna conquer all Dear Smiling from that Selma bridge In Dallas when that bullet hit And Jackie cried You pulled those towers from the skies But even on our darkest night The world keeps spinning You were there in the garden Like a snake in the I see you in the morning staring through the looking glass You whisper down through history and echo through these halls But I hate to tell you love's gonna conquer Again, that was Dear Hate by Exodus Road Band. So let's look at verses two and five. And like I say, I read that from the KJV and it uses the word burden in both of those verses. Verse two says, bear one another's burdens. And verse five says, each one can bear his own burden. Most modern translations in verse five translate burden there as load. And that's probably a better translation. But we're going to look because there are two different Greek words that that reconciles the the seeming contradiction here in verse two it's baros baros and it just means weight just a general weight so bear one another's weight that's what it's talking about there in verse five it's for and it means like i say it means load 
but it's like in the context of um, uh, like the the freight that you would find on a ship, and it's in the context of something only one person can carry. So it's it's established by the context of verse four there, where it's it's based upon someone's task, someone's individual task, and that's the load that they're carrying. So they're carry on back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, and that's where it comes back to the analogy that that you brought up in your story, Mike, about your uh, doing the water aerobics with old women. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not not one not one help. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're trying to lift the whole weight yourself. Yeah. And it's a weight that's that's. I'm not saying it is in this case, but like in, in the context of this first, it's like a weight designed for two, right? It's, it's a weight that's, that's designed for two people to lift. So the weight is split between two people and you're trying to stubbornly lift it on your own. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I thought it was another stab at my man card, but yeah. <laughs> I thought about going I, there. I, I, you've I, had saw, that, for I one saw that day. look in your eyes. Yeah. I said, you've had Here we go again. Here Glimmer we go. of hope. <laughs> I think of oxen. You see that analogy a lot, the the yoke analogy throughout, which is the picture of oxen being yoked to a cart. The baros there, the full weight is the cart. And the cart is designed for two, for two oxen to pull it. So you, I, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of those where they have like the, the, the bar that goes out and you have the two yokes on either side of the bar and you put an ox on, e- on each side. That's what it's talking about here. So the full weight is designed for each oxen to pull. And when the, the oxen are pulling it together, the weight is essentially split between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Equally. Equally. Right. What happens when one ox decides to just lay down? Then all the work falls on the one. Yep. All the work falls on the one. That's the issue Paul's addressing here. You know, we should, we should coax one another on, but at some point you've got you've to get up and you've got to pull your own load. That's why that what you mentioned, Ronnie, was perfect about, you know, going, going to pull somebody out of Alcatraz. At some point they've got to get up They've got to meet you on the dock. They've got to agree to get in a boat. You can drag them along, but it's probably not going to do any good. It's just going to wear you out. It's going to exhaust you. Yep. And that's kind of the picture we have here with the oxen here. It, you know, you can you can try to drag them along, and for a while you probably can, but at some point it's going to it's going to just wear you down, and you're going to feel like you're just spinning wheels for nothing. Mm-hmm. Just like spiritually too, mm-hmm. right? No, like absolutely. You can help people along spiritually. But if they're not going to gain traction, it could weigh you down too. Yeah. Yes, it can. Sometimes you have to, when somebody falls, when they get to a place spiritually where they just laid down, um, you, I'm not saying cast them off, but sometimes sometimes you just have to take them off the cart. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just, they're, they're not fit to be on the cart in that moment and they need to be trained back up again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Rather than wearing somebody else's on the cart down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to understand to have the discernment of when that's necessary. Right. Because, uh, and the loveless and the loveness of it. Yes. Not the loveless, but the loveness. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. Because yeah. you're not doing it to be mean, but you're essentially cutting weight at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that way you're not sinking in the mud or the quicksand trying to pull not only yourself, Right. But also somebody who doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. And, and we've ex- experienced that yeah. with some of, some of the guys. And you keep you keep going out, you're going back, you go back, you go back, you know, to, you know, you get the midnight 2 a.m. calls and you keep going back. But then they're not doing anything on their part, you know, to, to pull themselves out of it. So it's like, how many times do you go back? 
how many times, you know, I mean, you have a certain point to where you're, okay, we've, we've done all we can do. We've been there for you. We've been, you know, side by side, told you if we get the call, we'll drag you out of wherever you are. But if you're still not calling, what, you know, you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps eventually. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I see this as a catch 22. I really do. Because <clears throat> nobody wants to be that guy and call. How many times have you guys not called when you really needed something? But if it was a case where you really needed something and you weren't doing anything, like we were talking, maybe it's time that we let you suffer. No, I shouldn't say suffer, but let you marinate, tread, marinate, tread water for yourself, whatever it might be. Right. Well, sometimes, honestly, it does take a little bit of suffering to wake us up, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we should desire that for anybody. That's That should be the most highest purview when he decides to do that. Right. That's, that's why I step back from that. And, and I think yeah. that that's the point to where with this, just like we talked about on the round table, is you, have, you get yourself a group of people that you can trust enough that are going to say, okay, we've been here. We've done this. We've got, you've got to spark up some. You've got to... It, it, for lack of a better Skin term, the game, you got to man up a little. Well, you know what I mean. And it's, also, uh, there's multiple oxen pulling the pulling car. the wagon, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's not just Carl. It's not just Twinkle Toes Richardson. It's See, here we just, go again. <laughs> don't interrupt his thought. That's rude. I'm just trying to defend myself. We love you. We love you, Mike. This is our love language. But I'm saying, like, that's the thing because I told the story at nauseum, right? Like the concept of this whole podcast ministry was like we went out 20 plus times. And when I got that call, I pouted. Man, I was sound asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How many times do we got to go? Yep. But it wasn't just me, right? Like I might have pouted in the car, but when we got there, it was business as usual, mm-hmm. right? And there were other guys there with me. Was maybe even felt the same way. I don't yep. know. Maybe I'm just blunt enough to say it out loud. No, I think you. I think you're. I think but you're describing it's the same guys. thing, right? Like. If, even if we would have went the 27th time, the 37th time, the 47th time. Yeah. At some point, hopefully, that person would have started carrying their own weight. Mm-hmm. But then, if you see a different change in the oxen, we'll say, right? Or the person that's a, about face then that's when you know it's time to cut weight, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you still see them struggling but still trying to go forward, then you never stop. Right. It's like those couple guys I'm, I've been, me of all people, mentoring, but, you know, I took him to the grocery store. He had X amount of dollars, but he had a bunch of guys back at his place. I said, look, man, you get so much per month. Don't let them eat you out of house and home, okay? Mm-hmm. Just because they're friends and you're in your own place, air quotes, y'all couldn't see, but <laughs> you need to take care of business and make sure you provide for yourself because when, when when you're hungry, they're not going to be around. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I, I 
got a call. He had to go back to the grocery store. And I wanted to say, you know, first thing I want to say was, I told you so. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Sometimes life's toughest lessons are best learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't touch a hot muffler. Mm, I, I tried that. Yeah. Didn't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, you, you might once. <laughs> right. You might, yeah. might once. But I saw the immediate kids actually listened to what I said. And part of me wanted to swell up and probably go, yeah, there you go, Mike. Well done. And I thought, no, no. I can't do that. Yeah. I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. But that's not what I was there trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good example it's like and mike knows one of my sons is loyal to a fault <laughs> so like no matter if he's got twenty dollars if he's got a hundred and twenty dollars if somebody wants a cheeseburger and he's going to get cheeseburger then he's going to get him a cheeseburger no matter if they never pay him back or not now kind of that Tom Hawker thing is show me your friends. I'll show you your future type thing mm -hmm. because now they know. So then he gets misused sometimes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's like he gets mad about it. But then the very next day he's doing the same thing again because he's loyal to that fault. Yeah. And that's the same thing is like sometimes as parents, as mature friends, you got to have that adulting conversation. Hmm. It's like, it's okay to be a little selfish sometimes with those things spiritually, like Carl was saying, it didn't matter. Right. Like yeah. boundaries are never a bad thing. And they sure are hard to set sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause again, just like what we're talking about, if, if people, if you allow people just to, use 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 without any type of skin in the game anything like that then they're just going to take advantage of it unfortunately that's what i hope this yeah. young man would learn yeah and i think he did pretty quickly because it was just a few days and he'd spent yeah. quite a bit quite a bit of money at the store the first time and and not to uh, not to try to you know make give you a big head or anything but kudos to you for not saying the see i told you so you know, because that could have totally led him off from discussing anything or reaching out for Exactly. You. I mean, yeah, he's, not coming, he's coming over yeah. this week. We're going to have dinner. My wife's going to cook him dinner, which oh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it'll probably be bird seed and sawdust, but whatever. Uh, but the kid doesn't quite know how to. She doesn't listen, so I'm good. Um, you might need that German. Neither, yeah. one, neither one of you guys. I'll start digging later. Don't, yeah. don't, don't text my wife. Uh -uh. I won't. I'll just tag yeah. her. Hey. Thank you. Great. If you, if you need a spot to, to land. Maybe to. Carl and I can lay on the same different couches. You know, you know. Yeah, different couches. Different Let's couches. I, that. I wanted to clarify that. Different <laughs> couches. But anyway, uh, where was I going? Oh, he, he, he doesn't know the simple things in life. Right. And he doesn't, he can't, he drive. He, he has a license, but he has no car. He goes everywhere on bicycle. And it was mentioned to us that he needs to do his laundry, but he doesn't know how. So I said, you know what? When you come over, bring your laundry. We'll show you how to do it. Simple things in life that most of us are taught. This young man hasn't been taught. And I think that 
pairs really nicely with the scripture we're covering. Mm-hmm. I, like you, Mike, idolize my wife. Always have. I mean, I've known her since she was 15, and she'll be... Don't say her, Yeah, Don't. a long Even time. she can't mm. cook, apparently. No, she can nope. cook. Nope. Who gave you that impression? You did. <laughs> no, I think you misread me. Right? <laughs> yeah. What I was saying was she cooks bird seed and sawdust that I don't like. Oh, mm. yeah. He's okay. he's worried she's going to listen to this one. Yeah. I'm worried about you guys is what I'm worried about. But anyway. <laughs> I would not personally reach out to your wife. Uh, yeah, but you sure would put somebody else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think, I think that uh, with the story about this young man, it's easy to see because when I first read that verse too, I was like, Mike, you want me to give up my wife, my children? Oh, yeah. You want me to hate them? Right. Not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. They're my flesh, my blood. No. Yeah. But with a proper perspective, I think, and Carl's great job of bringing the Greek and Hebrew into it, which I'm not always sure if he's actually using real words. Yeah. He might as well be speaking. Greek. You'll never know. I'll never know. <laughs> That's right. That's why you gotta dig deep. Like, yeah, see, you gotta fact check him every once. You're just gonna blow him up like that? Nope, because I fact check him sometimes. Okay, he's gonna need a bigger SUV for his head when he leaves. (laughs) He's got a Land Rover at the house, but he won't drive it. I just sit in it sometimes. He he won't fix it. Well, that's the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's get back on track. How about that? Yeah. So anyway, I think it pairs really nicely with these passages that we're going over on how things that seem so simple when you know them. That caused you so much trouble before you understood what they actually said, which goes really nicely with what Ronnie said about digging deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think it's where I know I fall short because a lot of times I'll, I'll topically read something and, you know, get nothing out of it. Then all of a sudden something clicks somewhere and go, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I get that now. That's why I think it's important to put those two references together because it highlights when we love him right, or I'm sorry, when we love him first, we'll love our neighbors right. Mm, you yeah. know, we'll love our neighbors in the right way, the way Paul's Paul's showing us here. Um, let's go to some final thoughts. Um, I'll start off because I just want to, because we've talked a lot about analogies, right? And analogies are great, but um, without practical application, they don't mean a whole lot. And, you know, your story might, really highlighted the practical application of this because for one thing you mentioned if somebody doesn't call how do you know um something's wrong or they need you to help them bear a weight that's where living doing life together Mm -hmm. comes into play if if you're doing life with people you're going to notice tells i'm sure you guys can tell when i'm struggling you can there's a demeanor change as much as i try to hide it I, I can't fully because you guys know me. I, I might be able to hide it from from somebody that's just an acquaintance or the person standing next to me at the grocery store, but I'm not going to be able to hide it from you guys. What did you right. say to me earlier? Your tone says something that your face says differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines? Yep, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I wish I hadn't now, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ronnie's got to tell. Mm-hmm. Mike's got to tell. Mm-hmm. You've got to tell. And that's why it's important to do life to know people so that you can come alongside them, even when they don't know they need help or haven't accepted that they need help to give them that help that they need. And it's also important to understand the, the, the need for discipleship. This is where proper discipleship comes into play. So when somebody does fall off the wagon or, or lays down and, and isn't pulling the weight anymore, they need more than just motivation, right? Motivation is important, but there's got to be more to it than that. 
Sometimes I think too many believers within the churches, they just want to go on Sunday just to be motivated. And that's it. They just, they need, they need to go to, to go on Sunday to be recharged, which is really just to be motivated, just to crawl through their week till they get to Sunday again and be re-motivated. There's got to be more. That's why you have to add discipleship to your spiritual regimen. Uh, Otherwise, you are going to fall off the wagon, right? You, you need to learn how to apply these principles that were taught in the Word. You know, when, when Jesus says something and when the Eternal Father says something, how do we apply that in our practical living? You know, and that's why we need to come alongside one another. Like you, you talked about that young man, you know, he doesn't have general life skills. Right. He needs to be taught. You can't just go with him into a kitchen and cheer and applaud and motivate him to get him to cook right. <laughs> At some point, it's right. got to be taught the skills. Well, that's one of the things we're going to be doing also is he had no idea how to buy food. I realized that the first time I took him. So that's the other reason he's coming over. We're going to show him how to meal prep, how to buy something to make it last a few days. You know, I mean, the non-glorious part of life is being responsible and maybe eating some things that you don't really want to eat all the time, but it's within the budget. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and that's my point at a spiritual level. We right. we have to we have to we have to be coming alongside one another to teach teach each other how to apply these principles in our life. Because in all likelihood, most of us we we weren't just born with the inherent understanding of how to live a godly life God's way. Right, right. At some point we have to learn that through study and 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 through teaching and through discipleship programs. And I really think that's where we fall short. I think we'd have a lot fewer people that are are failing to pull their weight, you know what I mean, to perform their task on the yoke if we were discipling one another a little bit better. That's my final thought. Ronnie, what you got? I think sometimes you like you said, you pick up the pom-poms because that works and you give them the old sis boom bah part of it. But also you need to know the other side of it too. Of the, well, here's the lovable soft truth of it. And I'm not talking soft spoken with some Jesus sprinkle type stuff. Like it might hurt both it might hurt you to say and it might hurt them to hear but it's better to say it than to keep it in and let them keep doing it now years of experience in enough coaching we called it the sandwich method right you have the bun so you have the top piece that's the good piece tell them what they're doing good and then you give them the hard truth and then you give them the bottom piece of the bun and tell them something else that they're encouragement. And that's, that's a life skill. Mm -hmm. It's not just the athletic sports thing because nobody just wants to be railed on all the time. Yeah. Right. Just like nobody really wants the pom poms all the time. Cause I mean, how many times is a cheerleader going to get ignore annoying Every time. It, Sorry. Mm -hmm. If they're there seven times, hey, you're doing great, blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't know me then because I'm not doing great. So give the sandwich method, right? The bologna sandwich method, we'll call it. I like that. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that the... I struggle with this because I know me and being an encourager, but not being an encourager for the sake of being an encourager is a hard line, um, you know, to, to bring it about much like this, the scripture with, you know, um, with the way that, that Jesus put it out there. Uh, you know, the like Ronnie said, the hard truths sometimes are um, a lot more difficult. I think for me to for me to put out because it's not always doesn't always come across as encouraging, and um, and it's like not actually what I'm trying to do is just be an encourager. You know, it's uh, but um, being somebody that everybody, not everybody, but you know that most people can come to and and get an honest answer from and be um be held accountable but also be loved if that makes any sense you know sometimes all of the facets are a hard thing to to get into into line with with the one thing you're trying to do you know so i think i'm going to piggyback on that real quick sorry no you're good because i think just like you said like i'm e i i think i'm really good at speaking the hard truth I struggle at encouraging sometimes, a lot of the times. I swear, like Mike says, he's a good encourager, and he is. And he struggles with the hard truth sometimes. So if you can't go, if you can go with A and B to tell somebody that, like you know you, mm-hmm. and sometimes and it doesn't have to be a one-on-one, and take somebody with you, right? The two by two thing. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, <clears throat> um, mine is a bit different. I struggle a lot with application, and, and it, this popped into my head for whatever reason. I know you guys. I'm I'm the guy who watches the squirrel run around, and I go off track. But most of you know I was a pilot at one time, a private pilot, and I could fly, you know, planes with multi engines and all that. But sometimes I think. Here's where this is going. Sometimes I think we're out there spreading the word and we hand them a Bible. It'd be no different than somebody walking me over to an SR-71 Blackbird, knowing I'm a pilot, sit me in the seat and say, okay, fly it. Yeah, I've got the concept of how it flies, but I have no idea how this aircraft performs. And I think a lot of people struggle with the application of the word because we're told parables or stories in church or by people or whatever it is. Yes, they're, they're nice to hear, but how does that apply to me? That's kind of, that's kind of the season I'm in right now. How does that apply to me? How do I make this glorify God? Am I showing the love of Jesus? So it's no different than sticking a pilot that doesn't, isn't ready for an aircraft into one that they can't, they possibly could fly. They have an idea. And that's kind of, you know, the Bible tells you what to do. But I think people like it spelled out a little better. Because as we've pointed out, we can all be lazy at times and go, just like we said in Galatians 6, we all know about the armor of God, but what about the verses before and after? Ephesians 6. Thank you, Ephesians. Again, not paying attention, but anyway. Um that's kind of my final thought. It's all about application. 
and everybody's got to find their own application as long as it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's always like, like you said, I always say, and Carl always smirks at me and tells me I'm wrong, but like I'm Jesus 101 and he's Jesus 102. Right. Because I think I can dumb it down as to where he digs in and knows everything, not everything. Sorry. I don't mean it like that. Yeah. Right. His ponytail, like, his, more in see his ponytail just twists like, on top of his head? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I'm the free sample, right? You talk about it differently. I don't think it's that we, we one knows more than the right. other. Yes. I think we unpack it for people differently. Yes. Oh, and so, that's like, great, yeah. So, like, I'm the free sample, right? Like, this is how, in layman's terms, you can get there. But then when you're more spiritually mature, then you go to Carl, right? Like after you put in the work, just like we said, you're carrying your own weight. Then you can listen to Carl and it'll come because if you're, you can understand me when I say it, but you can't understand him, then you're not spiritually mature enough to get there yet. Which isn't a bad thing. No. Right? And just where you're at in your walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I was well, saying. I like, think that's like what, what, what Mike was talking about yes. with, and Carl said it too, with lacking the discipleship portion of it, um, is instead of just handing a Bible, we need to have a backup of, right. and hey, you know, we we have these resources or, you know, whatever. Um, and if you have questions, you know, there's, and maybe that's something we need to think about doing too. When, if, when we are handing out Bibles, hey, here's a, a couple of email addresses or phone numbers. If you want to text, you want to call and have questions, then there's a resource to say, hey, you know. I agree with you, Mike. I've often wondered how many of our listeners listen to the podcast go, what about X, Y, and Z? And email is great, but nobody really uses them. No, there's more there's more contact information in our episode description than just email. There's 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 several social media applications that we have links to. Yeah. I do think though, and I and I don't want to get off onto another discussion because we need to wrap it up, but I think too often handing Bibles out is good. It's important. I think we've let that replace actual gospel sharing though. Yeah. Sometimes we just hand the Bible out, say Jesus loves you and walks away, and we've got to get to a place where we're comfortable talking in a people's situation. Because yeah. hand, handing why, them a book I, isn't going to convince them of anything, but you know, talking to them, caring about them, loving on them, you know, sharing your story and and letting them see that 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 genuine love of of Yeshua Jesus shine through you, they'll see that. You know what I mean? They will see that. Yeah, I think that's that's really important that we need to get to a place where we're mature enough to to do that sort of gospel sharing because that's what we were called to. Um, that's where we're going to end it this week. Okay, and you popped that real good, didn't you? Didn't mean to. Yeah. I was talking on my hand. I didn't mean to. I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, Smite, you want to pray us out? Sure. Lord, we just thank you. We uh, come to you humbly with open hearts. And Lord, we just love you so much. We thank you for this time together to be able to discuss your word and Lord, hopefully make it make sense for us. Um, and hopefully uh, anybody who's listening, Lord, and um, Lord, I pray that everyone can find their their tribe, their people that will not only um, be there for them, but will help them 
um, expand their walk with you, live their lives for you, and do the hard things and answer the you know answer the hard prayers, Lord. We just thank you. We love you, and we honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah.